0: In our experience, what we both found was that our hearts just expanded. And so while we you know, fell in love with other people, uh, it didn't change the love that we have for each other.
1: You're listening to Consenting Adults.
2: The conversations you're about to hear are intended for mature audiences. If adult themes are offensive to you, well
1: both in their mid-30s, both with engineering degrees, and both uh, into non-monogamy. In fact, their journey is quite interesting because they started out with more casual, you know, the typical, if there is such a thing, is the typical swinging type stuff. And now, two years later, they have been um, into a little something else. Actually, not two years later, but the last two years. Emma and Finn, welcome to the show. So, What is a swingery thing that you guys talked about? (laughs) You said that you were into more casual swingery type thing. How did you guys get started?
0: Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us. We were excited to be here today. And yeah, so Finn and I got together when we were in our late teenage years and started dating and we pretty much opened up our relationship from the very beginning uh, or very early on. And it looked like just having open conversations about what our relationship could look like for many years. And we were always seeking out friends that we could have, you know, a really great friendship with and do things that were, you know, go hiking, go hang out and go to a movie. And then if there was a sexual component, that was just a bonus. And so Mm -hmm. that's what we were looking for, uh, for many, many years. how do you guys identify? Are you straight, bi-
2: Yeah, I I identify as pretty much straight, I think, with an open mind. And it's, you know, I, I haven't really found another guy that I'm attracted to, but I'm not like offended if, if we, if we end up bumping into each other, or, or, for instance, I get hit on or like, none of that bothers me. Mm -hmm. It's just, I haven't really sought that out for myself and and don't really feel much attraction there for myself. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And for me, I struggle with the labels a little bit because I feel in kind of a gray area. I consider myself mostly like bi-comfortable, but I do tend to lean towards attraction towards male-bodied people, but I'm open and just enjoy meeting and getting to know people and open to seeing what that connection could be.
1: Mhm. Okay, so let's go back to when you guys first started doing kind of something other than the traditional relationship, traditional monogamous relationship. When you said you were open and you were kind of, you know, finding other people, was it like the full swap type thing or can you kind of tell me what kind of activities you were doing in the beginning?
2: Yeah, in the very beginning it was a lot of talking and that's really about it for for quite a while. It was like the the idea behind it was neither of us really dated or had a lot of relationships experience before we got together. And so we kind of didn't want to limit each other and having those experiences and dating. And so we, we kind of went down the road of like going on dates with other couples. And initially for the first, you know, probably year or two, it was, I think what people t- typically call soft swap. Like we, there was no, penetrative sex with other people and then as sort of we got more comfortable and we had more experience and we had a better understanding of who we are and what we wanted we we sort of relaxed that and started exploring more and having different experiences that yeah there was full swap and then it was it was okay if we weren't in the same room or maybe even in the same location and and it sort of evolved over the years but it
0: was very Mm. very slow
2: yeah it was Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, it sounds like you've kind of done almost the full range. Have you guys done the crazy orgy group stuff that I so often hear about?
2: I I would say yes. We've we've, <laughs> we've 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 been in some rooms with many different people doing many different things. I think I would say for myself in those environments, I'm more of the like find one person who I feel comfortable with, and we probably spend our time together. I'm not, I'm not somebody who's like comfortable just like being in the middle of a bed and having 10 different people like (laughs) touching me in different ways. That's, that's just not my safety. That's not my comfort zone, I would say.
0: Yeah, they can be fun environments, but I'd say they're not, not always our, our preferred environment. Mm -hmm. So then you
1: guys have done everything from soft swap to full swap to solo play
2: to group play. I think there's probably a few things we haven't really, <laughs> so really yes. done. I don't, we we haven't really gone down the, like, let's say the kink or BDSM route, but uh-huh. outside of that, like we've, we've, yeah, groups of one to, you know, many, many.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So this evolved over a number of years. Uh, how many years are we talking about? How long have you been in the lifestyle?
2: About 15 or so. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh. Okay, and for the last two years, things kind of changed. What happened?
2: Well, the pandemic happened, <laughs> and we we were afraid, probably like many people, to really go out and meet a ton of people. and so you know, we did a couple of like socially distance outdoor like we sit on our picnic blanket and you sit on yours. We did that a few times. but uh, what happened? Hold, hold, was- hold on, hold on <laughs> hold on.
0: Did
1: you have sex on these picnic blankets? No, 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 no. We did oh. not. <laughs> they were in very public areas. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, that's really not lifestyle.
2: No, that was, but they were people that we met through like a swinging I website. See. Yeah. Okay. And so it was like, hey, maybe if there's a connection here and we all want to go get tested for COVID and do some isolation, like this was pretty early on and everything. Right. Um. And then we met a couple that we just really hit it off with and- things kind of just escalated and and blew up from there. And it turned into much deeper, romantic, loving connections. And so then we were off on the like, what do we do when there are now feelings and romance and love built into these connections? And, And so it's been more of a polyamorous dynamic for the last almost two years now.
0: Yeah. We've, we've been in serious relationships with these other people for, for the last almost two years.
1: Mm. Can you tell me if like, did that happen at the same time? Because I'm hearing that, you know, to find that, that like the four way connection where you find another couple and you're, you're both equally attracted to each other is very difficult. So did the polyamory, did the feelings happen like for both of you? Did you both feel it? Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. Wow. <laughs> just to simply answer your question, it, the four-way dynamic is very hard to find. Uh, we were surprised, I'd say, as well. All four of us were surprised, I'd say, but it, it pretty much developed at the same, same kind of pace, uh, which is pretty uh, rare and also uh, fascinating and, and a lot of fun because you're in the, kind of in the same place together.
1: Hmm. Were
2: there concerns? oh yeah yeah tons it's been it was a lot of figuring out like yeah what happens when instead of people are just hooking up for fun like maybe they're in love with this other person or they are in love with this other person and and then you're starting to undo or try to undo you know codependencies uh and reliance on each other and then maybe stuff is imbalanced and one of you can have a phone call when one of you can't, or one of you could go on a date when one of you can't or like things that used to be fairly, we were on like a very collaborative or like one for one path. Like everything's kind of a new, like you're in a relationship and I'm in a relationship and how much do those relationships intertwine and share? And it's, it's a lot to try to figure out, especially like we we've been married 10 years at this point and our partners have been married for even longer than that. And so we're all trying to undo the conditioning of a monogamous marriage or a mostly monogamous marriage. I mean, at least one that wasn't involving ro- other romantic r- other partners, romantic partners um, as part of it. And that's, it's definitely a lot of work and a, and it's a big challenge.
1: Um, can you explain more the, the, the dynamic right now? So, you're married, they're married, you both like have feelings, emotions, maybe love for the other people. Like, how do you spend your time together? What is the, like, how do you balance it out?
0: Yeah. So just a high level of what the dynamic looks like. So yes, they're married, we're married. Uh, Finn and the other woman have a serious relationship and I have a serious relationship with the other man. Uh, we, that's just the base dynamic. I say the other, um, there's no other romantic connections and it's a long distance relationship. They live in a different state. So seeing each other is a little bit complicated sometimes. And, uh, we're we've been figuring that out for the last few years because Finn and I have also moved around a lot. So sometimes it looks like us going to them. Sometimes they come to us. Sometimes uh, it's all of us together. Sometimes it's not separate. So it's been a little bit of everything. And we've had to figure out how to navigate that as we go. Hmm. And
1: what is the conversation like between you two? to like protect what you have
2: yeah that's that's a it's an ongoing one that we do almost daily and it's and it's a hard it's a hard thing to really figure out because as you do develop relationships and feelings with other people and as we've been sort of working to figure out what that means for us and again undoing some codependencies it's it's not necessarily cut and dry that like uh, i think i will speak for myself where like my goal in life is to be the happiest person i can be and the healthiest person i can be and i want that for the people around me and one of the things that that emma and i have sort of been facing and this is i think a thing that i've always felt is if if what was going to make emma the happiest person she could be would be to not be with me i would want that for her i don't i don't want that but if that's what she wants, I would want to support her in that. And that's a really hard thing to like really face and think about. And I don't think you really have to think about those things as much when it's just two of you. But when you start to see the feelings for somebody else and you start to see the intensity of those, it, it really brings that to light. And you have to say like, well, there is a real possibility that like it's not even about protecting what we've built. It's about finding true fulfillment and true happiness in ourselves. And I may not be the right person for Emma or she may not be the right person for me. And do we both want to keep building and working on our relationship? Absolutely. But it's not, I guess it's not like ride or die here. It's like, I want you to be happy and I want to be happy. And can we co-create a relationship where we're both happy and both healthy and if we can, then we should we should continue doing that together. And so it's it, it definitely wanting to protect it and wanting to work together. And we've been in we get into therapy and we've been doing a lot of different like group therapy and figuring things out on how we do that. But it's not just uh, if this gets too hard, we'll just cut other people out of our lives and go back to protect the castle kind of thing. If that, mm-hmm. if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, because I, I would think that Well, you know, it's like the new relationship energy.
2: Mm -hmm. Like you've
1: been married for so long, and now you, after all these years, you've met another person that you have these love feelings for. That's pretty powerful. How do you compete? And it's, it's not even the right word, but, you know, I would, like, be worried that what you have may not be able to withstand the new relationship energy, the new love, newfound love energy?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, in our experience, what we both found was that our hearts just expanded. And so while we, you know, fell in love with other people, uh, it didn't change the love that we have for each other and our connection. And experiencing that, I mean, we knew that in theory, but we had never... (laughs) We had never actually experienced that until the you know till the last couple of years, and at the beginning it was scary. And it, things do come up, feelings do come up for sure, and the, there are different fears at different times, and we have to work through those. But we keep coming back to the fact that our love hasn't changed, and even even with feelings for other people.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, and I I would like to add to that a little bit about like part of it is. And you, you threw out the word competition and it is so easy to drop into that and feeling that like, well, you want to do whatever activity with this other person, but we don't do that activity. Then we have a problem versus like, Hey, we've never, like, I, I always use the tennis example, like Emma and I, we don't go play tennis. Perhaps she likes to go play tennis with her, her partner, like why does she need to only play tennis with me? And so we can look at all sorts of different aspects of relationships, whether it's sleeping in the same bed or cooking the same meals or whatever and saying, well, that doesn't really work for us. And it really never has. So we've never really done that. And it works for you and this other person. And it makes you happy. Like That's okay. You should be able to get that happiness and fulfillment somewhere other than me. It's no different than Emma having a good friend who she loves to go drink wine with. And I don't like wine, for example, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I do like wine, but if I didn't, <laughs> right, it's, it it would be no different, but it's scarier when she's in love with that person or mm-hmm. it, it, it often feels scarier.
1: Mm-hmm. So then are you all uh, exclusive uh, to your spouses and then to your partner?
0: Currently? Yes. But it's, it's just been an ongoing conversation as we've been navigating all of this.
1: Mm. Wow, this is so interesting. (laughs) Um, Because when you uh, describe it as uh, we're in serious relationships with these other people, when you say that, do you mean it's because you're in love with them and for now you're exclusive?
2: I don't know, serious or, yeah, we are, I guess, in exclusive romantic partnerships with other people. And we've been working... On what that means to each of us and to all of us. And like, not only what that means in theory, but also what does that mean in practicality? Like how often can we see one another? Again, it's, it's not an easy thing to see them. It's a, it's a A
0: long distance, a
2: long distance, multiple hour flight to do it. Mm -hmm. And so what is realistic with like the complexity of our lives and the complexity of their lives what is possible? What are we What are we building? And and I think trying to find some level of baseline stability and security to see then like what else can we do? And we're still still kind of I wouldn't say necessarily in the NRE phase, but it's still fairly new in terms of a relationship and trying to figure that out um, as we go. So yeah, the word serious, I it for I guess it means yeah long term committed to like sort of integrating our decisions and some of our decisions and planning with other people because there's a, a necessity to do so if we want to see them
1: mm-hmm. do you think it would be different if it wasn't a long term relationship or long uh long distance relationship like would would your issues uh be different if they were in your city?
0: Yeah,
2: I, I have to imagine they would be different. I would imagine some would go away and some new ones would come up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think just the the dynamic would be very different as far as seeing seeing each other. Obviously, because it'd be that that would be a lot easier. So, uh, but I'm, as Finn said, I'm sure other things would come up too. <laughs> sure. So, looking back,
1: would you have imagined
0: yourselves where you are today? No, I think, I
2: think we have to speak for ourselves. <laughs> I think,
0: I think for me, uh, no, uh, I, I believe I've always been open to it, but I never, I never, uh, I didn't push for it for a long time because I, I don't, I wasn't in a place in my life where I was ready for where I'm at right now, and that took me a little while to get there.
2: Yeah, I would say for me. Maybe I couldn't. Maybe I think partly I didn't know that we would ever get here together. But I could always see myself falling in love with somebody else. I tend to develop feelings quickly or emotions quickly, and so um, I could. I, I've always been able to sort of see myself loving multiple people or having intense feelings for multiple people, and it brings me a lot of joy to build relationships and and connections, whether they're friendships or romantic. And so I think I've always been able to see myself here, but I don't know that I ever thought it would come to fruition.
1: Mm -hmm. And then looking into the future, knowing that, especially for you, Emma, um, that you never say never, right? Yes. (laughs) Have Have you wondered or thought about, could this grow into polyamorous relationships with multiple people
0: um I mean I never say never I think for me there's a point in which you know my my bandwidth and my emotional availability and just uh you know balancing everything that you have and I haven't going on in my life and I want to do uh, either there's something like I don't know how realistic, Having another <laughs> another romantic partner would would be, um, and I'm not sure if I necessarily want that. But never say never, and I don't know what the future will bring.
1: Mm-hmm. And Finn, you sound like, hey, if that happens, you could probably
2: handle it. I think it's a more of a like assessing where I'm at in life and what what I have on my plate and what makes sense for like my existing relationships and myself, and so. I would say like right now where I'm at is like, again, sort of as Emma said, like with the amount of things we have going on in our lives, we're struggling to find time for each other and one other partner and make that a consistent thing that feels good. And so thinking about adding something else would, would be really hard right now. And I don't, I don't really even have the capacity to do something like that. I think sort of in the never say never. I, I don't, I struggle to like relate in the world in a way where I say I'm not able to do this because of, of a rule that says I'm not. Like If you meet somebody and there's some type of a connection there to explore what that connection is and what makes sense. And maybe it's a strong connection, but you say, hey, I feel something here, but I have no capacity to do this. So what type of a relationship could we build? Maybe it's we just... We just have coffee once a month and catch up, or maybe it is something more intense. So I try not to like, again, the never say never, right? um, but it's, yeah, time. I think polysaturation is the word people throw out a lot. Mm, Like mm -hmm. if you have too much going on and I'm sort of in that state right now, just with stuff that I'm doing for me and then the two relationships I have. Mm -hmm.
0: Tell me about this podcast that you guys do. What is it about?
2: Yeah. Great so Thank you.
0: The, yeah. So in 2018, we decided to start a podcast that, where we interview people who are exploring non-monogamy. And every week we do an interview and we're up to over 250 episodes now. And it's been an incredible journey. We've talked to people in all kinds of different dynamics from just thinking about possibly opening their relationship or opening a relationship to people who have been open in some form for many, many, many years. So, and so many different dynamics. It's been an amazing, amazing experience talking to everyone. And then along with that, we've also built a community around the podcast, which we've kind of transitioned now to say like we're we've built a community with a podcast instead of instead of a podcast with a community because the community has become such an important and an incredible piece of it all for us.
1: Mm-hmm. What's the name of the podcast?
0: Normalizing non-monogamy.
1: Thanks for listening to Consenting Adults. Hey, I'm always looking for new guests to talk to. So if you'd like to share your story, you can find me on social media at Lena Wynn TV or simply go to our website, consentingadultsshow.com. And we'll see you next time on Consenting Adults.